Hi there, it's Biz Cush, and uh, the podcast is currently on a summer break, but I am releasing, re-releasing some of the old episodes that I think are worthwhile and worth replaying. So this week, we're going to be sharing an interview with uh, Dr. Ishan Shu, who is a sleep expert, and I know I sometimes still struggle with sleep, usually on Sunday nights where I just toss and turn and my body and mind are activated and it just is so frustrating. But uh, Ishan Chu has an amazing insomnia course for those of you who might be struggling with sleep. And she is a licensed clinical psychologist a board-certified behavioral sleep medicine specialist and sexologist. She is chair of the Board of Behavioral Sleep Medicine OPEC Committee and an adjunct clinical faculty at the School of Medicine of Stanford University, founder of the psychotherapy group practice Mind and Body Garden Psychology. She's also the host of Deep Into Sleep podcast and an advocate for spreading sleep science. This interview initially aired in 2019, and it's definitely worth a re-listen. It was when we were still the Woman Warriors podcast, so you may hear references to that in the interview. But I'm excited to share it again, as well as... Ishan now has a course for those of us who struggle with sleep, and it's called the CBTI Insomnia Treatment Course. If you sign up for Ishan's CBTI Insomnia Treatment Course, and when you sign up through my affiliate link, which I will add to the show notes for this episode, and use the coupon code WISE, capital W-I-S-E, you'll receive 10% off the price of the course. But you have to use my affiliate link, and I promise it will be linked in the show notes for this episode. I am an affiliate member of her course, so your signing up for the course supports this podcast, supports my newsletter, and it's also a really great course. So Ishan's course is packed full of good stuff. If you have fatigue, can't fall asleep, poor sleep quality, and mood swings related to a lack of good sleep, this course gives you four weeks of home practice and weekly course materials, a weekly live Q&A session, six months access to all the course materials, And you also get an individualized recovery plan. I hope you'll check it out. And I hope you'll check out this interview with Ishan Chu for the Woman Warriors podcast, now the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. And I look forward to connecting with you next time here on the podcast with new guests beginning in September. Hi, Ishan. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Woman Warriors podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I really appreciate your taking the time to talk to us about sleep and what's important to know about sleep. But if you wouldn't mind, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what inspired you to do the work that you do? 
Yeah, so I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and practice in California right now. I learned sleep in Stanford Sleep Medicine Center for about two years, and then I decided to combine, you know, other psychotherapy treatment and sleep, and to really help more people with. Worries with anxiety, with sleep disorders, especially insomnia, to help people sleep better. So、mm-hmm. that's a big motivation for me. Yeah, yeah.、Um, so I know that you know your new podcast focuses on helping us get better sleep. But what what are some of the problems? What if we're not sleeping well? If if we are, you know, if we are struggling with insomnia or not falling asleep, what what might that Contribute to in terms of other areas of our lives. Yeah, definitely. So depends on what kind of uh, uh, sleep problems we have,、mm-hmm. because there are even what you just mentioned. There covers two different things. One is insomnia. One is sleep deprivation. Okay, these two actually are two different things, and they impact us actually differently. Mm. So yeah, so for sleep deprivation, a lot of time we say these two are the same. Actually, they are not. For sleep deprivation, that is we don't give ourselves enough opportunities to sleep,、mm. but we are able to fall asleep if we really have the chance. Okay. We we may feel really tired, or a lot of us, a lot of people I see in my practice. Are high achievers really want to be perfect, be successful, do things really well? So they、uh, push themselves so much, so they cannot allow themselves to sleep early to、mm. get enough sleep.、Mm. Or so, if, yeah, I was gonna say just so pushing themselves so that there just there needs to be more time in their day, so they're just not going to sleep soon enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah.、Okay. A lot of people, the first thing to go is sleep. Yeah, we are busy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that's sleep deprivation, and sleep deprivation actually very harmful to us. Like all these health problems we ha- we talk about, like memory problem,、uh, mood change, we cannot think well or concentrate well after a poor night of sleep.、Um, we we even、uh, possibly have a Like a weakening、uh, immunity system,、mm. we possibly get sick more easily, and we even gain weight. Actually, if we lose sleep, we don't sleep enough, we gain weight. Wow! That makes us more hungry. Wow! We want to eat more. I didn't know that. See, I just learned something. <laughs> yeah, we all learn something every day in our life, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> When I first knew that, I was so surprised too. I was like, "What? If you stay up late, I thought you could lose weight, but it's the opposite." Interesting. Yeah.、Huh. Mm-hmm. yeah, and all these other heart problem, you know,、um, all this like diabetes and the、uh, high risk for diabetes, all these health consequences can be highly associated with sleep deprivation. Wow! Wow! And so sleep deprivation. So you're not getting enough sleep. And so, what's the difference between sleep deprivation and insomnia? Yeah. So insomnia is quite different. Insomnia is we give ourselves enough opportunities to sleep, but we cannot fall asleep or stay asleep.、Mm. Mm-hmm. So we're so, trying, but it's just not happening. Right. 
yeah, for some people it's a short-term thing, for some people it's a long-term thing, and a lot of people end up stay on bed for so long trying to sleep, trying to create more and more opportunities for our body to sleep, and that actually can make insomnia worse. Hmm. So staying in bed longer, trying to trying to make yourself fall asleep maybe isn't a great idea. Exactly. And insomnia definitely associated with um, some changing mood also, but the common consequences are not as severe as sleep deprivation. For insomnia, yes, the consequences are all like um, mostly psychologically, some physically. Uh, Mostly we get more irritable, we worry about sleep more, or we worry about our daily functioning more. And uh, um, we feel tired easily and we may feel lack of motivation, energy to do things during the daytime. Hmm. But not as much of the health, like physical health consequences from insomnia. Right. Right. There are not enough evidence to really show insomnia actually lead to any like severe health consequences. Hmm. Interesting. So if we're forcing ourselves, well, well, I can see that it would add stress to your life if you were worrying about sleep and not being able to sleep and that was making you anxious and then you didn't fall asleep, that could make you more anxious and that could lead to you not sleeping even more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So what are, there? I, you know, I think people kind of throw around sleep disorder, um, like people say, oh, I have insomnia or I, uh, I'm narcoleptic and they don't necessarily, they maybe are just saying it like they're, but they don't really know what it means. So what are some other sleep disorders that people might have? Yeah, there are actually quite a lot of different sleep disorders out there. I think there are about 70 to 90 different sleep disorders wow. recognized so far. <laughs> yes. All right. So you don't have to name all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I probably cannot even name all of them <laughs> off my head. Right. Um, but uh, I know some common ones we hear more often, mm-hmm. um, like the narcolepsy you talk about. Mm-hmm. People uh, fall asleep suddenly, even during the day, even during the, during like important important meetings or something it's wow. a it's yeah it can be a severe condition but there's way there are treatments can manage it mm-hmm. uh better right now and another common one is sleep apnea yes uh, yeah we have abnormal patterns of uh breathing when we sleep we are not getting enough oxygen mm-hmm. we stop breathing or we are not breathing enough um we during the sleep and sometimes we may stop breathing for more than 10 times per minute. Wow. Yeah. Think about that. Um, One of my friends actually in China, uh, he tested his sleep apnea and the the results shows he actually stopped breathing for like almost 40 times per minute. That's really bad. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so is it normal sometimes to stop breathing when you're sleeping or should you never stop breathing when you're sleeping? Uh, Occasionally, right now, like clinical diagnosed, if you only have uh, brief ones, you're not clinically diagnosed. Okay. Uh, 
as sleep apnea, okay. or you not qualify for CPAP, this kind of treatment mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's definitely a threshold. Okay. Um, yeah, based on the research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, like with sleep apnea, so you're maybe not, you know, stopping breathing um, while you're sleeping, but you maybe aren't aware of it. How might you know that you would have sleep apnea? If you're asleep and you're not breathing, you might not, that might not wake you up. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that look very different um, w- among different people. Okay. For a lot of uh, male, sometimes they would snore when they cannot get enough air in. But for female, uh, for women, we sometimes we don't really snore, um, but we could still have sleep apnea. Uh, we will experience some symptoms if we really have that. For example, we may um, feel dry mouth in the morning. Mm. We may have headache. We may grind our teeth at night. We may feel somewhat difficulty uh, like breathing for part of the night if if we uh, notice anything. Sometimes we just possibly don't know. But mostly if we have sleep apnea, one of the very significant common symptom is the daytime functioning. Mm. If we cannot sleep well, we don't have high quality of sleep because of sleep apnea, then during the daytime, very likely we're going to have excessive daytime sleepiness. That means we feel so sleepy, we could literally fall asleep during the daytime, Hmm. even when we are driving behind the wheel or in the meeting, or doing something important, and we could not figure out why we are so sleepy, no matter how many hours we slept the wow. night before. Hmm. Yeah, so in order to diagnose, we have to get a sleep study in some um, professional sleep centers. Hmm. Wow. And uh, I know, like, with the sleep study, well, my two of my kids have had to undergo those. And so I know they put all the electrodes on you and they, at least the, they had to go to a, a center. And then later my older son was able to do it himself at home. You know, they sent him a machine and he hooked himself up and monitored his sleep. Uh, and so what are they looking for? They're looking for that stopping breathing. Is that right? Yeah. So uh, if you do an in-lab study, they can look for more things than home study. Hmm. Uh, they are looking for the the image they get from the lab is very complicated. Hmm. They can tell whether your breathing is normal and when it's abnormal, what that may look like, how many times. They can actually also tell whether you moved your body when you're asleep, when you're not supposed to. For example, when we are in REM sleep, normally our muscles, our body cannot really move at all. Uh, But for people with REM sleep behavior disorder, RBD, so they will move. They may even fight. Hmm. They may dream about fighting with someone and in real life, they are are fighting with someone on Hmm. the bed. Oh, wow. That's crazy. And what, like, if someone, 
sleepwalks a lot. Like if somebody gets up out of bed and wanders around or, you know, not because they're on medication, because I know there's been studies of, you know, some medications that could get you out of bed doing things that you don't remember, but somebody just sleepwalks a lot. Like, is that an actual disorder? That could be. That actually belongs to non-REM parasomnia disorder. So that happens normally um, within REM period. So REM is rapid eye movement. So when we mostly when we dream, that's the REM, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if we have uh, some behavioral disorder among REM sleep, when we wake up, or when you wake this person up right there, they may remember what they were dreaming. But for non-REM parasomnia, uh, that include sleep eating, sleep walking, uh, sex somnia, all those different um, disorders. So that if you wake that person up or afterwards, they, they may not remember mm. uh, anything. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of crazy that we can like actually get up and do things in our sleep. Yeah, some sleep doctors talk about their cases that they had patients before could get up and go out. They know where the key is, no matter what you do. So the part of the treatment is they have to lock the car key, lock the door key in a safe and uh, set it up that you cannot open the safe until morning time. That's mm. to stop this kind of behavior because it all happened in the dream. Uh, Happen in your sleep, not a dream, when you sleep. Yeah. Right, right. Wow, that's crazy. That Mm -hmm. is crazy. Now there are a lot of treatments for that. There are certain medications can help with that. So uh, sleep medicine field is really developing. Yeah, it seems like we know more and more about sleep. But so are there any other sleep disorders you feel like it would be important to talk about? Uh, those are the major ones. There are also restless, uh, restless leg syndrome, mm. and uh, but there are a lot of misunderstanding about that one. It's different than the ones we just talked about. Restless leg does not mean you're going to just move your legs, your bodies crazily when you sleep. A common um, symptom actually is you feel this, uh, this uncomfortable sensation in your legs, especially an urge to move your legs around mm-hmm. um, during like evening or nighttime, even before you go to bed. And mm-hmm. if you walk around, it got better. Mm-hmm. But if you just keep on sitting there, it's really uncomfortable and could bother you. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a common symptom. There I, are also other symptoms. Yeah, I think I've had that where like laying in bed and it just feels like I'm not asleep yet, I'm reading or something, but I can just feel this it's always usually one leg for me that, and Mm. it doesn't happen very often. I don't have it all the time, but Mm -hmm. it's terrible. It's like you want to make that sensation go away. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And it ends up, yeah, moving it helps. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, So how does poor sleep impact mental health? Like, I know we talked a little bit about it, but like, so if you're consistently either sleep deprived or... I guess with insomnia, that can just sort of create anxiety about sleep. But um, why is sleep so important for for positive mental health? Yeah. So um, we talk about like in this field, we all know a lot of mental disorders. Part of the symptom actually is the uh, 
disruption of sleep. Mm -hmm. So on the other hand, actually a lot of research show if we are able to improve our sleep quality, it actually can help other mental disorders to be uh, to recover better and quicker. And a lot of research shows like for sleep disorder and mental um, mental disorders, when they coexist, if we just treat them separately and treat sleep disorders, uh, which can be treated faster, and actually that help the recovery of mm. the mental disorder. Wow. So they are closely related. Yeah. Yeah. And so what does sleep do for our bodies? Like, what is it that's happening when we're sleeping that is so important? Mm -hmm. A lot of things been happening <laughs> in our body. A lot of, a lot of um, people and uh, uh, like literatures would talk about or our body is, you know, fixing ourselves especially our neurons cognitively yeah. and yeah a lot of things a lot so many informations we absorbed during the daytime got reorganized there's certain like cognitive trash need to be you know get rid of and that all happened during sleep mm -hmm. and uh, yeah like human beings think about we we spend possibly one third uh, of our life sleeping so it's a it's a very important stage yeah. for us, yeah. and I think the the science still developing and trying to figure out all the details about sleep. Right now, there are a lot of um, confusion about what is awake stage, hmm. what is sleep stage exactly, because it's actually not as clear as we thought. Oh, interesting. When we are, yeah, when we are awake, part of our brain is asleep. When we are asleep, part of brain is awake. Hmm. So it's uh, and like all these disorders, we talk about sleepwalking, right? And so it's it's hard to to distinguish. And also with when we are in the uh, light stage of sleep, we actually can feel the sensation. We can hear things. We can sense some things. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, but it's not really awake. If I let you to do a math. Right there, you cannot really do that. Right. But the sensation make us feel like, oh, maybe we are awake, but actually we are asleep. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like tricky stage yeah. to tell apart. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, I like to think of it as like a when you shut your computer off and reboot it, it like reorganizes everything. So all your systems are working properly. So sleep is kind of like that. It's giving your 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 body a chance to kind of reboot and your brain to kind of get back online in a more effective way. <laughs> I like that. That's really good. So what do we need to know about getting a good night's sleep? What are some things people can do to help themselves sleep better or have better sleep habits? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are definitely quite a lot of things, but I want to just mention several. First, I think the most basic foundation is how we think, is like our mindset towards sleep. Hmm. So first, we need all know that we cannot control sleep. It's not something we force ourselves to sleep, like tell our body, sleep right now. We can sleep immediately, <laughs> never happen. <laughs> right. 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 So we really need to just listen to our body 
understand what our body needs. And if we don't have a good night of sleep or we don't feel refreshed in the morning, don't worry too much. Trust our body. Know the next night, the next several nights, our body will reorganize and get what it needs. I think this is the foundation for any build up, like uh, under any tips, any good habits. Mm. to help us reduce the anxiety about sleep. Yeah, yeah. Just trusting that our bodies know what it needs and can help us get there. Right, right. And we can still function if we don't sleep yeah. well one night. We'll yes. be fine. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've had that happen where I couldn't fall asleep until like two in the morning and get up at six and I do okay. And I'm always surprised like, oh, huh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, exactly. And that is not every day. Normally, after a day like that, if we are not worried, the worry does not get in the way. Actually, the next night, our body is going to be more tired and may actually sleep better. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, right. So what can help people after we have that mindset? So we want to um, understand like what I talked about earlier. So um, are we on bed for too long. Mm -hmm. So we want basically, ideally, we want to go to bed when we feel real sleepy. So when we go to bed, our body is kind of ready to sleep. We don't need to roll back and forth on bed for too long. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so um, also evening time before we go to bed, try to build some evening wind down time for ourselves, for yeah. our body and our mind. Our brain cannot just transit from work, from all these things to sleep immediately. We need a buffer time. Mm. Yeah, so within this half an hour to one hour or more buffer time, we want to slow down, start relaxing, doing something gentle for our mind, for our body to help our brain knows, oh, this is a routine. This is the time ready to sleep in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically, yeah, you're reminding your body or whatever, setting in motion this process that like, this is what getting ready for bed feels like, and I'll be going to sleep soon. So your mind and your body are preparing for that. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And also, I would say getting up around the same time consistently mm -hmm. across the week can be really healthy mm. for our sleep quality. Yeah, yeah. Just having that regular routine. I know I get up around the same time every day so that even on weekends without setting an alarm, I just wake up. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people like to sleep in, but that actually can really uh, mess up our circadian clock. Mm -hmm. So on Monday, sometimes we suffer. If Monday to Friday, we sleep at a certain time or get up a certain time very early and weekend, we get up super late, then Monday, we our body have to reset and it need time to adjust it. So you you just mentioned a term that I thought it might be interesting for the audience to know more about the circadian clock. So what what is that? I've heard that used and I think I understand what it is, but I thought, mm -hmm. would you be able to explain what that is? Yeah. So in simple words, so circadian uh, rhythm or our circadian biological clock is really what um, our body naturally 
needs, uh, reg how to regulate when to be awake, when to sleep. So it's um, connect to our genes. There are certain genes in our body to regulate that. And mm -hmm. actually, um, it's different from person to person. It's uh, at least 50% genetic. Hmm. So that's why some of us are early morning person naturally. Some of us are night owl naturally. Hmm. So that's our circadian clock. Oh, interesting. That's really interesting. So it could be just this biological component that makes it easier for you to either be more productive in the morning or in the evening. Yes. And the sunshine help us regulate that, reset that every morning. When we wake up, the sunshine goes through our eyeball, go, go through our brain and hit the, uh, a lot of things in our brain to start regulating hmm. this clock from day to day. Wow. Wow. And so ideally, how many hours of sleep should people be getting? Is there like a magic number? <laughs> yeah, I see a lot of um, uh, literatures, a lot of doctors talk about the the recommended hours, seven to eight hours, right? Mm -hmm. So I want just to make uh, everyone more cautious about that. So that's a general recommendation for people's uh, for people who have like a um, central. Um, kind of circadian clock. Okay. So it's not for everyone, mm -hmm. but it's because most people, uh, that time works for them. So that that's fine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, but for some people, their body just need five or six hours per night. They mm -hmm. can function really well. Mm -hmm. Some people may need a little bit more, like nine hours-ish to be able to function well. So again, we need to listen to our body, not get too anxious if, you know, we don't get seven or eight hours of sleep. If mm -hmm. we are fine, we are fine. Because sometimes people have insomnia come to my clinic, ask me, I, I want sleep like eight hours per night. That's my goal for treatment. Hmm. And that very common. I was like, okay, so when was the last time you, you know, slept uh, for eight hours consistently, day after day, month after month? They were like, never. <laughs> 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 yeah, then that's reads the question, right? Yeah. Is there like maybe your body not really need eight hours or what's going on if you never got mm. eight hours consistently? Yeah, yeah. That's your body was telling you that that's not what it needed. Yeah. Mm. Well, I love I love this. Uh, I love the idea of like trusting that your body knows what it needs um, because I feel like so often it does. It's just we have to tune in and listen, whether it's about sleep or food or you know, how much water we need, all of that. Yeah, exactly. So very similar to everything we do. Mm -hmm. When we eat, we know if we eat something uncomfortable, right? We, we will feel it. Yeah. If we eat too much, we feel it. Sleep is the same. Our body has, has signals for us. Yeah, yeah. So getting used to tuning in and trusting your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what, just before we wrap up, what are some things we should not do before going to bed? Like what might interfere? What activities? I know there's all this stuff about don't be on your phone, don't have electronics. What are there certain things that are really proven to be like, do not do this before you go to bed? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, there are a lot of uh, evidence about the blue lights mm -hmm. from from all the electronics, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, especially, I would say, um, personally, I don't have insomnia. I still use my phone. But I would say if you already have some sleep difficulties, you want to be more cautious about the blue light mm. because the blue light can suppress the release of melatonin in mm. our brain. There are a lot of evidence against that uh, about that. Mm -hmm. So um, that's something people want to think about. So when we do the wind down period, we want to try to stay away from some kind of electronic device mm. uh, for that. Also, another thing is emotionally, we want to avoid too much emotions like up and downs right before sleep. Mm -hmm. I know some couples, they like to argue right before bedtime. Maybe that's the only time they can talk to each other <laughs> <laughs> when I do couple therapy. Yeah. So I was like, hmm, that's not a good idea for your sleep. Of course, they came in with black eyes, with like very poor sleep, even more frustrated. Yeah. Um, yeah, so because emotions, when it gets so strong right before we sleep, science shows us our emotional brain actually is very active hmm. during sleep. Our, uh, you know, frontal lobe, our rational brain actually is asleep. Hmm. So if you get too many emotions right before bedtime, you basically gonna have experience symptom of insomnia at night. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah, your, your emotional brain just feed in that and make it worse. Yeah, well, I could see that. I mean, if I think about the times, me personally, that when it's really hard to fall asleep or I fall asleep and then I wake up, it's usually because I'm all stressed out about whatever, going to work the next day or things I haven't done or things on my to-do list or whatever it might be. So the anxiety is building and I wake up and I'm like, my heart's beating too fast and I'm all stressed out and then it's almost impossible to sleep. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. So the last thing I would say try not to do is about the nap or to watch out the, the nap time. How mm. much do you take a nap during the daytime? Especially for people with insomnia or already have some sleep difficulties. If you take a nap for too long during the daytime or especially the evening or afternoon time, then it will interfere with your that same night's sleep. If yeah. you are just like a dessert before dinner, right? You're just mm. going to get full. You're not as sleepy. Yeah. Yeah. So harder to fall asleep if you've already gotten some sleep during the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. My, uh, my dad was a huge cat napper. Like he could after dinner lay down and literally like five minutes, he would close his eyes and he'd get up and then he could work for another two hours and then go to bed and sleep soundly. But he would have oh. his little five minute refreshers after dinner. <laughs> oh, Which is funny, yeah. funny right. to think about. Yeah. Right. Well, that sounds like uh, if people get used to it, that could be a good habit. Mm. But we don't want to nap for more than maybe 40 minutes or even one hour. Then you go into a deep sleep. When you wake up, you feel so drowsy. Yeah. Are are there any uh, like tips or resources that you feel like it would be important for the listeners to know about, you know, whether it's, you know, um, books or whatever that would help them in terms of figuring out getting better sleep for them? 
Yeah, definitely. On my website, I list out uh, good books recently published by doctors, by uh, good researchers. Awesome. And there's also a resource page on my website. And um, I try to, I'm still slowly building it up. I try to put, you know, uh, very legit, very good resources on there for mm. people to read correct information. And uh, even where people can find um, certified CBT for insomnia uh, therapists. Oh, nice. Special, yeah, sleep specialist, where they can find it, where to find a certified sleep center to do sleep study. All those different websites are uh, on my resource page. Awesome. Well, I will, I will provide a link to that uh, in the show notes for the podcast. Cool. Well, how do people find you, Ishan? Yeah, so um, I have one website about sleep that's connected to my podcast. So it's deepintosleep.co. Nice. And that's where I put the resource page in. The um, I write blogs about good resources about sleep. Awesome. And yeah, for my own clinical practice, it's um, mindbodygarden.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if for people who are in California, they can uh, find me and other therapists to work with me on that website awesome. uh, to help them. Perfect. Awesome. Well, I will provide links to all of those things in the show notes. And I really appreciate your taking the time to talk to us today about sleep. You are welcome. I always love sharing knowledge about sleep. I hope you'll consider signing up for Ishan's course if sleep is a concern for you or a lack of sleep is a concern for you. Again, you can find my affiliate link in the show notes for today's episode at elizabethcushcoaching.com forward slash Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. And don't forget to use the coupon code WISE, W-I-S-E, when you check out for 10% off your purchase. The podcast will be back in September with brand new guests, new episodes, new focus. We're going to be really zeroing in on alternative methods of managing our stress, overwhelm, mental health, and with the focus really being on highly sensitive women. But I think all of these techniques and um, applications work for everybody. So I'm pretty excited about that. And soon I'll have more information on my group for highly sensitive women that's coming up this fall also. Also very excited about that. So stay tuned, stay in touch. If you're not signed up for the newsletter, you can do that at my website, elizabethcushcoaching.com forward slash sign up shine up, not shine up. That would be awesome, actually, shine up. But no, it's elizabethcushcoaching.com forward slash sign up. All one word. Continue to enjoy your summer and I'll be back with some more replays as we progress through this hot, hot, hot summer. Let's connect again here on the podcast.